Welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com, where the discovery of self has put a show away. With a thousand plus archive shows and new shows coming to you every Tuesday, we bring you illuminating people from around the globe. Visit our store for their services and books and enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Vibrations Roundtable. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guests today are Sir Kenneth Miller and Bobby Henline. Both have been on the air with us here before, and both of them look to laughter as being a healing component. Uh, Dr. Um, Sir Kenneth Miller uh, sir, uh, Bobby, I, I don't know, do we address him as Sir, his Lordship? Do we bow down? I'm not quite sure what we're meant to do here. I don't but know, but <laughs> me take a sword. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, just Ken on this show. Um, we're going to sure. find out his story here and uh, how it came about that laughter has been his healer. And of course, Bobby is a vet. Um, He's um, been burned in quite a considerable amount of his body. He had to literally come back to life and discover what life meant to him. And he discovered it through laughter and becoming a, a comedian. So we're going to really talk today about why laughter is so important to our lives, why it's so, so important to our healing. And, you know, let's just face it, there's an awful lot going on in the world right now. And sometimes it could be very, very stressful. And sometimes we've just got to step back and have a good damn laugh about it because that's the only way we're going to get through it so two people with totally different lives but laughter is the thing that's brought them together to hear on the show to, uh, today and why laughter has been such a healing component so let's take the journey with them we'll discover more about them through the show and um, let's start with sir kenneth miller and how he became a sir welcome to the show sir ken thank you very much uh, um Sarah and Bobby. Um, basically, the third thing came about um, <clears throat> not involved with my cancer, but uh, I used to, I was a, uh, a volunteer and I helped the United Nations set up a, uh, a housing division which would create affordable housing worldwide. And I uh, kind of ran that while I was still doing my business um, for about 10 years. And over that 10 years, you know, working in and out of the United Nations, I met a lot of people, a lot of ambassadors, a lot of very brilliant people, and a lot of very useless people, totally useless. <laughs> um, well, they, they just talked and they really, their objective was to keep their job and not to help. So <clears throat> they would never go out on the edge to uh, propose something that might be uh, successful. But if they just passed the time, they passed around papers, uh, they could keep their job. And I understood that. So my uh, my reaction was the complete opposite in that I brought on to uh, uh, our team we built up of ostensibly developers and builders and planners, uh, people that are in my business, to uh, uh, create something that could work. Anyway, along the way, um, I met a very wonderful man um, really names, not, I'm concerned about names, uh, to be mentioned at the United Nations, who is the king of a, the southern region, again names, of Sudan. And um, he was at the UN protesting every day about the slaughter of people in his region, uh, given that the, the, uh, uh, the government really wanted their land 
because of the oil. The big oil companies were behind the government, of course. Um, <clears throat> so what, this gentleman, uh, who protested every day, came to me, an absolutely gorgeous man, uh, the blackest man I've ever seen, always wearing a, a white gown and a white uh, a hat, or uh, what you might call it. Um, and we, we became good friends. And uh, I just we, I decided to help him as best I could. <clears throat> he brought me into African politics, which was not something I had much interest in. And uh, we worked together, and I mostly helped him because uh, I was in a better position. And then one day he came to me and he said, Ken, the only thing, I'd like to give you a gift. So I said, you know, forget about it, I don't need it. He said, I want to knight you. I want you to be a, uh, a knight under the, uh, uh, the royal order of... Uh, uh, Southern Sudan, which I had no idea what he was talking about. Um, and he showed me all what, what, what it was all about, and he had uh, certificates to sign, etc. And uh, he knighted me. And uh, while at the time, being a Brooklyn guy, uh, a kind of a wise ass, um, I didn't take it too seriously. But I felt that he took it seriously. Yeah. And it was very important to him of course. Uh, so I accepted it, and we went through the ceremony of, uh, of actually going to a knighthood. And it was funny, he had a, a kind of a sharp sword that I had given him, which I had purchased years ago in uh, Istanbul. <clears throat> and he, he was whacking my, my suit, you know, with, with, with cutting, he cut a hole in my, in my jacket. <laughs> But you know, again, it was laughter. It was uh, I couldn't care less. Um, so that's how that came about. Um, uh, never really used, uh, but as a um, uh, a heartfelt for him, I use it. And then somebody asks me why, and I tell them about the tragedy that's going on in the Sudan. Um, and what people are going through, which is you know, just basically, you know, bodies to oil. It's, yeah. a, it's all over the world. It's not just with that. Right, exactly. But, but that's a fact. There's bodies for oil. Yep. You know, if you live in an oil region and you're not powerful, uh, you're gone, you know, sensibly. So anyway, that's how that story came about. Okay. And Bobby, how about you introduce yourself and uh, a little bit about your story as a vet? Yeah, um, again, it's um, retired Staff Sergeant Bobby Henline for the United States Army. I served in Desert Storm, got out for 10 years, came back in after 9-11, and did three more tours to Iraq. And during that last tour in 07, uh, almost 10 years ago now, this April, that I got hit by a roadside bomb. My Humvee got blown up, and it killed the other four guys in the Humvee. I was the only survivor. Had to deal with survival's guilt, um, being a burden of my family, all kinds of stuff with PTSD, and through it all, I found you know humor. I found that if I can laugh at it, if I can make fun of what happened to me or the situations that's going on around me at that point, it let my family know I was okay. It let the staff know I was okay, and you know I'm still in the fight and getting better, and to kind of know I made it through it at that point when I can laugh. And then my occupational therapist one day, well, many days, she bugged me. And I never took her seriously. 
but she kept bugging me to try stand-up comedy because she thought it was funny the way I joked around the hospital. So I pinky swore with her that I would try it just to get her to shut up. <laughs> she kept nagging me. I told her it's not going to work. So I went to go prove her wrong when I was in L.A., and it turns out I proved her right and me wrong, which is typical in my life. <laughs> The women know better, right? That's <laughs> wonderful. Um, and let's point out, you know, Bobby uh, received, was it 38% burns to your body? A complete burnt of your scalp, down your arm, you lost your hand? Yes, yeah, my body's burned with 30%, full thickness, head to the skull. Had my hand for two years trying to repair that, couldn't, so just told him, take it off, let's move forward. Right, so you certainly have had your obstacles, and, and you can... Your battle is with cancer. That was the cancer, and it's <clears throat> it's a uh, it's an interesting situation. I've been involved with it for uh, since uh, seven years now, and uh, I was very diagnosed with uh, lymphoma, a non-Hodgkin's follicular lymphoma, to be specific, seven years ago, and uh, it's been a wild. Right, uh, and basically, my <clears throat> coming from Brooklyn, my dad was an entertainer. My mother came from a family that owned the resort hotels, so humor was always there, just for, for every day. Um, but I felt that what I was going through was almost like an out of body out of body experience, and it wasn't me. Why, you know, not why me feeling bad. But uh, how do I deal with this? And uh, just the natural humor uh, that was hanging around in my body over the years, the way I see things, um, I, 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 I started to realize that if I couldn't laugh at some of the experiments that they were trying on me and all the insecurity, not insecurity that they had no idea of what they were putting into me would work. Um, because chemo was as much an art as a science. One of the things I think is very important to get across, in case I forget, is that you have to grab hold of your life. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to challenge your oncologists. You have to, they're not gods, they're humans that go through the same stuff we go through. They get sick, they die, they live. They have to work their lives. And never, ever, 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 ever let them control you. You know, never stop asking questions. Uh, an example right now, which is just coincidental time-wise with this particular interview, is that I'm going through a trial. It's hard for me to talk about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's right now, and my colleagues have no idea if it's going to work, but they surely know it gets me sicker. So since I started the trial, which is a phase one, zero idea if it's going to work. Uh, I'm a trial baby. Um, I, I agreed to do it because I was persuaded that this was my only choice <clears throat> and I was kind of pushed into it again accepting it uh, 
not, but not having time to do a second opinion. It was like, Ken, we got five days to make this choice, to get you on this special trial. We recommend you go for it because the other chemo we, we were doing in the past may be too toxic. So, you know, you get down to, you know, basically go for it and according to them, or drop dead. You know, that's your choice. So, that's a kind of easy choice if you go along with the trial. And given it's a great hospital, names not to be mentioned, um, <clears throat> gives very talented oncologists, um, given I don't believe they want to uh, kill me, but they do want to do this trial. It's important to the hospital as much as it is to me. Well, more to me. Since yeah, gonna... exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, would you, and would you find that you know your your attitude? You know, obviously, you know, things get you down. And and I know you know with Bobby a little while ago, he posted on Facebook. You know, just had had a few bad days, and and you know we're not uh, discrediting those bad days. You know, and the the suffering that you guys are going through, and that sometimes it's just hard to laugh. Uh, but you have to go through your process. You have to go through those days where it's just about nurturing yourself and then you kind of have an upswing again when you choose that humor to be able to help you through uh is is that helping you now ken are you kind of putting on some funny things that are helping you lift yourself up totally you know um uh, my humor is 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 is, is kind of natural it comes out uh, i find that some of the stuff is so uh um some of the tests they give me, some of the um, a therapy I go through, to me, they get them, I, I accept it. If I didn't laugh at it, I, I, I think I would be overcome by it. Yeah. I think that, for me personally, that the laughter, um, you know, when I talk to the nurses, when they're changing me, when they're doing this and doing that, um, I, 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 make it, I make it humorous. I make the nurses laugh. You know, uh, Bobby, I'm sure you've been through exactly that situation where you get the nurses on your side, you know, but at the end of the day, while the doctors are critical, it's the nurses who do the work. Yes. And uh, uh, those are the ones that um, really, I mean, I can't say enough for the, for the talent that some of these nurses have. And I find it sometimes above and beyond what some of the doctors recommend yeah, yeah they're, uh, they're the salt they really are and you know i know with you bobby you were what were you about a year in hospital before you were let out and and uh, you had some very very dark days there yeah i was uh six months in the hospital but that first year um i prayed to god every night not to let me wake up the next day mm -hmm. uh, it would be easier for my family if i wasn't there but in front of the children i've always showed the strength you know if i was having those days i'd hide it from them um and you know, and use my sense of humor. I gotta say, listen to Ken. His voice is telling me he has a dry sense of humor. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I said, I set so, them up. If you survive a sword fight in a suit, I think you're gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I only, Bobby. I only had one day where I didn't want to get up, and it was, it was sorry. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Recent, just about two weeks ago, of the infection, 
was killing me. And the medication for the infection was not so bad. But the, the mind, the fact that, you know, I was in a situation where I didn't know the outcome. Yeah. Even now, today as I'm talking, they want to put me back on the trial a week from, week from yesterday, next Wednesday. They have no clue what's going to happen. So do I go back on the trial? Do I, I push it off two weeks? They would have had me on the trial yesterday. That mean they are so, this is, this is something that maybe the cynicism of a, a Brooklyn Jew is born with. We all have it. And Bobby doesn't have cynicism, but he certainly has questions things. Um, uh, in that they get a, a tremendous grant to do the study. I mean, like real money, like several million dollars. The, 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 the pharmaceutical company also earns, if this thing works, can make a billion dollars or more. Now, in the back of my head, you always have that. And I'm just a statistic. I'm not a name with that. I'm a just that. I'm sorry, sir. A guinea pig. Yeah, I, well, I told him that. I said, you guys are making a million bucks. You should get all the guinea pigs, not just me, some money or some compensation or pay for all the tests or do something. Right. 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 We, we, we're nothing. A statistic. You know, we tried this trial on 26 people, nine died. <laughs> Right and you know, uh, hoping for that one out of ten. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I think that's where you have to look at. Are you going to be that one out of ten? And I think even with you, Bobby, when you know that that first six months where you, you know, just get to the morning. You know, you didn't you didn't care whether you woke up or not. I suppose somewhere along the line, you have to kind of look and go. I have a fight ahead of me, uh, and you have to choose what your fight is. Are you going to go with the trial? Or are you going to trust some other way of getting over it? And, you know, sometimes stepping outside of yourself into into something that lightens your life up, um, that makes you laugh again, kind of helps you kind of look at the situation uh, differently than looking at it from that moment of being actually in it. Right. When you're battling that, your, your, your energy, you're thinking so much about what the doctors are doing and the healing of that. But when you can step outside and you can laugh at it, it brings another energy to your body that actually actually helps with the healing too. I truly believe oh, yeah. that's going to help, help with the healing. Because even if the more down and down you get, then you don't even want to fight it. Your body is going to help you give up. But when you try to help your body get that energy and fight what's going on, I think that makes a big difference. I think that's your fighting tool. You know, yes. being able to laugh at it and uh, laugh at yourself or laugh at the situation. And yes, sometimes you have to force that laugh, don't you? You know, it's uh, uh, um, forcing yourself to look at, at anything funny to lift yourself up. But it is, it's, it's raising your vibration and that vibration becomes your healing commodity. And, and, you know, maybe that's where you need to be right now, Ken, before you go back on the trial is, is just step out of yourself and have a few good reasons to laugh and then you'll be able to see things more clearly about what decision to make next. Well, one of the things I've been doing is that uh, there is, you know, several psychologists involved. One is the head guy who's a well-known lymphoma um, uh, psychologist 
Uh, and the other one is the trial leader. Now, the trial leader really is no interest. She just needs the go-ahead. And she's a, a genius, there's no question. Um, but she has a manner that totally cracks me up. You know, she'll come in and she's she'll pick out something that's working like my itching stopped. Yeah, you know, you side effects. And his itching was like, you know, kept me up. So uh, she said, look how good that was. I said, what? We're talking about, you're killing me. I said, what are you, what are you so giddy about my itching? You know, but that to her is a positive sign out of maybe 20 nonsense signs on this level of, uh, of therapy that uh, um, you should be concerned about. So I actually started laughing at her. I mean, I, not in front of her, but I, and when I'm with her, I, I actually force her to tell me what the hell is going on. I don't want to, I said, yeah, don't talk to me in medical terms, which she does. I said, in, number one, would you do this for your daughter? That's number one. They always lie. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's the first thing I would do. Even if they didn't have cancer, I would do it. It's so much fun. <laughs> so that's what you get. Yeah. You know, the, I, you know, and the day, just the daily care when you're in a hospital. Bobby, you've been through it much more than me. And I, I, I so feel sorry about it, but I see it so strong. Uh, and mostly, you're such an inspiration to so many vets. It's fantastic. You know, if you can go what you can go through, they can go what they through. You know, with 300 or so, what, suicides a day? Mm. That's, you know, I don't know if there's a statistic for cancer people, but it's a hidden statistic if there is one. You know, you, they just can't make it. Right. I, I give up. I pass. Next step, like you said, I hope I don't wake up. Yeah. But yeah. you got to wake up. You've got to. You've got to. You've got to keep fighting, and that's the thing. You have to keep believing in tomorrow. And, you know, I remember that there was a story of a guy that was uh, basically told that, you know, he really had weeks to live with cancer. And so he went home, and I can't remember which comedy it was, but some sort of comedy thing that was long that had many many episodes to it and he binged watched all of these comedy shows and ultimately cured himself of the cancer um, from laughing so much and you know i think people say oh that can't be done but i believe it can without the humor would you have you got where you are bobby mm -hmm. well that's what I, I i just posted i don't know if you saw that it's i was I'm at the gym working out, but it doesn't matter what kind of muscle you have on the outside. It's that inside yeah. strength yeah. that you need to keep going. The that's what really keeps that's the strongest. Yeah. The mind yeah. got to work together and believe that you can do this and you keep up that fight. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the, there's good days and there's bad days and there's the trials and tribulations. And, you know, I, I spoke to another burn victim and she has to go into hospital twice a year, you know, have a whole load of new treatment and, and uh, you know, probably will end up doing that for the rest of her life. And, uh, you know, those are going to be hard days that you go through. And sometimes you just don't feel like the laughter. And that's okay because that energy will come back. Uh, where you'll find something you'll be able to laugh at again and kind of pick yourself up. Um, you know, and, and Ken, you're having some bad days right now, you know, with the treatment, with not knowing where you're going. 
But I think this is the time even more so where the human needs to be around you that can help give you that energy that you need to be able to face what's going on uh, in the next uh, the next chapter. Well, at least yeah, that stopped the itching and now you won't die of cat scratch fever. Exactly. Again, putting aside what you're going through, it's so important that I hear it, but I, I get, sometimes I don't really want to deal with it. Um, but it, it's, it's, <clears throat> I have this positive attitude. I've always had it in my life. It comes from my business, was not serving our country the way you did. Um, it was helping wherever I can, getting involved with charities all over the place. Um, uh, so I'm kind of a, uh, uh, kind of a, in terms of I'm used to serving, um, but I find that uh, again going back, to, so I have a little bit of that. Nothing one hundredth of what you've gone through. Your um, service right now with being a guinea pig. Um, this is future lives of what you're going through right now. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you know, you feel like a guinea pig right now. You feel like they don't know what they're doing. But, you know, when this works, and it's not enough, when this works, and you come out of this, just think now that there is now a tool there that is going to help many other lives. And so, you know, you're a humanitarian, Ken. You know, that's what you've always been. You've served humanity. This is another service that you're doing, <laughs> albeit a very rough one. And, you know, you have to kind of sometimes look at the cosmic humor and go, Really? Did you, did you really have to give me this hatchet in the head? Uh, okay, am I up to the challenge? And that's where you need to gather people around you. They're going to keep you laughing and keep your spirits up. Well, my wife is Swedish, and I'm a Brooklyn true. Right there, you can see that it's a very strange <laughs> mixture of humor. Yes. The Swedes <laughs> don't understand any American humor. My wife, she hates Larry David. <laughs> he doesn't understand him. She's from Stockholm, you know, uh, and it makes me crazy. And the, the show she likes make me crazy. <laughs> they're, they're funny for Swedes, you know. Uh, um, but I have, you know, uh, I have a good, good bunch of friends that are that I've gained over the years. And it's interesting. It's mostly my the business associates. Think, you know, where I was going before, and I went off my own track is uh, my business was advising developers what to do with their real estate. And to me, it was a gift of life. I knew exactly what they should do in 30 seconds. You know, after they'd been having spent a couple hundred thousand dollars on advisors, uh, and then I would never tell them in 30 seconds because I couldn't get paid. You know, <laughs> they, 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 Draw that right, for a second out in 30 hours. I like I thought about, I, I could make a circle around their chair, know what to do. It was so funny. <laughs> but I, you know, I make a lot of circles and come back in a week so I get a check. Um, but it was basically solving problems. And uh, you look at an object, uh, the object to me was always real estate, now the object is me. You're you the know? real estate. You know, it, had, it was real estate, you know, developers, in fact, I worked for uh, our current president. Um, a couple of times because he's a you know, develop, he was a developer obviously in New York City and we did some we were sponsoring real estate shows in London for about ten years and he took a couple of booths at my shows to sell his condos in Manhattan. 
and he paid his bill. And what do I know? You know, uh, that's another situation. I don't, certainly don't want to get into yeah. politics. Yeah, that you know, that is that a laughing matter? That's like all depending on how you're looking at it. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 everybody has very strong opinions about that. Right. And you kind of don't want to go there. Right, no, exactly. So, Bobby, you know, you, you're encouraged by the nurses to, to kind of go and try out being a comedian. But the, you know, and you went out there and you did it and you found out that, hey, you know, this is something I like to do. But it's not so much that you're cracking the joke, but that laughter that's coming back is a sense of kind of validation, isn't it? Um, it's a shared energy that starts feeding you. It truly is. It's one just for me to talk about and get it out that helps me. And to see that others are understanding what I'm saying and the laughter's coming back and the energy's going back and forth. And, you know, it's, they're, they're getting that whole story there. They're not just getting the joke. You know, like, yeah. back yeah. of their head after the show, they're like, wow, he just said all that. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> you know, I just got a message on Facebook today about someone who had a trial they had to go through last year. and She decided she needed to tell me um, what she went through and, and how she just kept looking forward to my post, and that gave her strength to get through it. And I couldn't thank her enough for sharing that with me. I just think it's it's, it's amazing how we can help each other just by sharing Yes. yes. And, you know, you, you have a, a slightly different obstacle, which I'm going to be kind of sensitive here, is that a lot of the time when somebody has a physical ailment, you know, like you, you've been burnt, and some people just don't know how to come and approach you, don't know what to say. You know, obviously, you're not the same looking man as you were before. And for some people, it's like, what, what do I say? You know, am I going to be insensitive or whatever? And sometimes that humor just just shows everybody you're just as human as they are this is just one of the challenges you went through in life and it kind of it breaks that um that uncomfortableness isn't it it, really it, makes does, people at ease. it does put them at ease with the humor and they'll see that or if i'm out having dinner and drinking and dancing and they're like oh my god look at that guy on the dance floor um, the sad part is once they get to know me more, they realize I'm actually better looking now than I was before. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, if you see his uh, posting that uh, I did on the show I did with him before, uh, we have a pin up there. And if you look up those abs, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you'll see. Um, uh, no, uh, no disfigurement there at all, my dear. Um, and I think that's also the way people approach you in life is that some people have this hidden thing with, with Ken right now. You know, a lot of people looking at him won't know what he's going through. With Bobby, they can see that you've had a, a challenge. But it's, it's that inner darkness, isn't it? That inner pain. And uh, sometimes people just don't know how to talk to you about it. And so if you use humor where well, you can kind of make fun of yourself, it's a way to break the ice and then invite people into a conversation where you can really talk about something more earnestly. Ken, do you find that? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's no question. Bobby, uh, and uh, Bobby, by the way, I'm going to say, we loved you on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> you blew us away. <laughs> My wife and I, and that, that inspired us, just that show, and I appreciate that you had to, to pay off us the balls to do it, you know, but it was it was wonderful. Um, yeah, people, you know, people don't know how to talk to anybody that's going through something bad, it's, yeah. and I respect that. They just don't know what to say, you know, uh, how you feeling, you know, how you doing, uh, but beyond that they can't get into the normal conversation you might have with them. Uh, that you know, 
you probably might have had them before the, the last terrible incident, um, uh, and you were discarded. Uh, I mean, discarded all over. Uh, I find that I'm sorry. I, yeah, I find my, fr my friends, <clears throat> they after a while they kind of peel off, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. Not not out of love, not out of, but they don't know what the hell to say anymore. Exactly. And I. Uh, and I never, ever, 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 ever complain. I never say I'm going through a bad thing. But, you know, I have several doctor friends who want to know details. You know, so I do the best I can with that. But but basically, it's, uh, it's sort of like trying to make my friends feel comfortable that it's okay to say anything to me. I mean, uh, you know, they're not the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is this is this uh, this uh, research uh, oncologist who sees me as you know twenty two slash one twenty three BD three you know and uh, kind of doesn't ever really know my name. She just wants to continue on with her her research, and I'm just a research pig. So it's for me to to to, to, to battle that. To ask the questions, <clears throat> is this really the only way? Here are some other options. In fact, my pathologist is one of my best friends, a pathologist, emailed me today. He said, as I sent him all the research material, he said, what I'm reading is you don't have to go through this. You should rethink this. Now, he does not have to make that decision, right, of life or death, which the, the, my oncologist is telling me. Uh, but he says, as a pathologist, I see there might have been some alternative ways. So what does that mean? That just, you know, A, in a positive way, it opens up that my questioning uh, with my with my oncologist team is correct. Um, uh, and I, and But it always leaves a little, little ding and ding in the back of your head, you know, uh, was it right? Was it? Is it the right decision? I think and, if, if you're questioning sometimes, sometimes so much, then you know obviously you need to seek different answers. And I think, as you said, sometimes you're bullied into something because people say you've got to do it in life or death. Um, but sometimes we have to step away and go, okay, take that deep breath. How does my gut feel? I'm sure with both of you, and especially with you, Bobby, um, you know the gut, you know the soul, the heart, your spirit. Uh, has to be in the equation of decision making. Otherwise, it's um, if we just rely on our head, our head has, a, a, you know, kind of a little demon voice going on sometimes, and uh, insecure voice, especially when it comes to any kind of thing medical, because we don't know, right? You know, we're we're the patients, um, and you've got all these doctors trying to persuade you to do things, which I'm sure you know, like with your hand. Um, it was you ultimately that said, take it off. I can't save it anymore. But you have to listen to your gut, don't you? You have to listen to that feeling that says, no, this is not right for me. I've got to go down this path. You, you truly do. And you, you know yourself and what you would be able to deal with, um, or you at least think you know what you can deal with. Sometimes you don't know until you have to, but um, you definitely really got to listen to your gut. You know, I still have more surgeries I got to do um, around my eyelids and stuff. So it's. I kind of put them off. <laughs> I do need them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's when I start to stress out again when I know I got to go back under the knife. And now, you know, it just takes a day or two afterwards and I'm back and I'm ready to eat another hamburger and keep going. Right. <laughs> right. Definitely. You know, 
Yeah. You were talking about before about, you know, how you, when people ask you that question, how are you? And a lot of times people want to avoid it, but you just should do, you know, the British thing. I've got a whole load of British friends. You ask them how they are and they'll always answer with bloody awful. <laughs> <laughs> and in that way, it's okay. <laughs> you know now. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we kind of develop a little, kind of a little signature thing of ourselves, don't we? And, uh, you know, I don't think we need to have any kind of shame in saying, I'm having a bad day. Right. Right? You and uh, white lies all day long. Oh, yeah, I'm great. Great day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a hot mess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, but it also becomes inviting for other people to kind of nurture you. Okay, is there anything I can do? And sometimes just that question, is there anything I can do? Can I cheer you up? Um, can I give you a hug? Even if it's a virtual hug, all of those things are so wonderful and actually just helping you kind of feel better, isn't it? That's a great idea. I'm going to tell them, yes, you can buy the next round. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, in terms of my, one of the things that you have, uh, <clears throat> what happens when you have certain kinds of cancer, I'm sure not with everybody, is you lose your appetite. And then also, I've been having a problem getting a thing called thrush, where food doesn't taste good. You add the two together, and you just stop eating. Uh, uh, and you can only, be, uh, and that keeps changing almost daily, depending upon the medications you're taking. And I take, I don't know, seven or eight medications. Changes, literally changes every day. Um, so my a friend of mine who happens to be a doctor said, uh, uh, how many what kind of insurer do you like? You know, that's that kind of a health drink. And uh, she said, I'm going to send you a box. Okay. You know, uh, that made her feel good. I think if I would have rejected her, because uh, that was her gift to me and to herself. So uh, people that offer you something, uh, they do it within their own, uh, you know, their own ability to deal with it. With, with, with difficulty, but it gives them some joy. Yes. So shows you, they care. Shows they care. You know, and that and the thing is, is uh, you know, whether you take it or not. You know, I think it's um, that kind of kindness, that kind of knowing somebody cares to reach out and do something for you, whether it's what you want at the time or not. The fact that they've taken the time to do it, I think, is already a wonderful, you know, yes. healing commodity. You know, to you because. A lot of people go through, you know, um, what you're going through, Ken, and what you've been through, Bobby, alone. They don't have the support, and that's the killer, isn't it? The no support. Truly. Truly. Well, I, 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 my only support on a daily basis is my wife, who uh, happens to be, I should be you and I guys, don't know how she does it because it's so stressful, but she focuses herself on... Uh, Caring for me, I mean that's her first priority. I thank God for that for me, um, and she does it with great humor, Swedish humor, mm -hmm. <laughs> one must say. Uh, uh, and I, you know, and basically, probably one of the reasons we got she even married me is my sense of humor. Uh, I say that because she tells me that. that <laughs> I make, yeah, I make a laugh, and exactly. she likes that. You know, because I see the absurdity in everything, you know, pretty much that, uh, how important it has been for me uh, to look at what I'm going through. As I said, Bobby and Sarah, 
and it's kind of looking down at what the hell is going on. What I look at all the players, and uh, uh, thank God I'm still able to even I I just left the ER uh, I mean the hospital uh, Tuesday. I was in the hospital. Didn't know if I could make it, um, but uh, they just literally threw me out. <laughs> they and knew he, you had a show today. They knew you had to be here. That's right. <laughs> yeah, a, a nurse called up an hour before. She says, I'm coming over to do your vitals. You know, uh, I'm sure Bob knows what that is. Uh, so I said, no, you're not. She said, no, Kenneth, we want to check up on you. Do it tomorrow. I'll be okay today. Not to worry. You know, um, it's, 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 by the way, it's choices. This makes me feel better. This this wakes up my endorphins. Talking to you guys um, than any therapy they're going to give me. Exactly, I mean, exactly. Yeah, you know, so support, laughter, looking on the bright side of life. You know, it's it's always the thing that we need. I mean, um, you know, you got great support, Bobby, when when you were going through, and you still have it, because you know, Bobby belongs to this wonderful group called Bravo Seven Four Eight, where. Um, you know, you serve a lot of vets, but there's a lot of people up there, which I'm systematically going through inter interviewing, where it's it's a group of, of supporting vets, right, Bobby? Yeah, uh, vets, we all have our stories. There's different stories out there of strength and courage and overcoming stuff and never quitting. So we're collecting them, we're collecting them all up. So there's a one-stop shop you can go to when you want to be motivated. You need to hear the stories because we all need those reminders, and every relates to different types of stories and. And so we're collecting all those that we give them one place for the world to share and help continue to serve. And that's, you know, I think that's the point of life is that um, there isn't anybody that goes through life without having to face a challenge. You know, right. we all have our ups and downs and some, as I said, are the two by fours and some are just a trip. Um, and you know, it's how we get back up, uh, why we get back up. And you know, when we look at that, we're here for a reason. We're here to serve humanity. Um, in whatever gift or gifted way that we, you know, were given, you know, then we actually have a reason to live. And I think it's the people that don't have that reason to live because they haven't found that gift that get left behind. And, you know, for both of you, you know, your book, um, you know, Born Crying, um, um, sorry, what's the, Enter Crying, Exit Laughing, uh, Ken, you know, is, is one of those things that lifts people up and it's your personal journey and how, you know, how um, laughter got you through it. And with you, Bobby, becoming a comedian and showing people breaking down that barrier, that stereotype and healing through laughter, which also gives permi permission for people to laugh at themselves, which I think is very important. You know, these are gifts and services that you're giving back to humanity and that without, we would lose a lot more people. Very true. We got to be here for each other. We got to share, and like I said, keep giving back humanity and help lift. You know, you get to a certain level, you reach down, you bring somebody up with you, and then they'll reach down. It's a positive ripple effect. It is. It is. You know, it isn't like oh, I found laughter now, everything is fine. You know, you, you as you posted the other day, I've just had a bad few days, and we yeah. all, we're all going to get those. And those are the days you need to switch off, do what you need to do for you. Yeah. And then you find <laughs> something that picks you back up. Um, what is it for you that picks you back up, Bobby, when you have a few bad days like that? Uh, the girlfriend has to come into town and visit me. <laughs> <laughs> so, my, my children, you know, just seeing them do something in their life, you know, they're 
my youngest ones are both, you know, starting college and everything. And so just seeing them do some stuff and being proud of them can really bring me back up again, just seeing some positive stuff in life around me with, with me just sitting there kind of watching it all yeah. instead of orchestrating it. it, it that, that type of stuff really pumps me up or like the message I got on Facebook when someone reaches out that I have no idea I've been helping. Right. And reaches me, hey, you helped me all last year. I mean, that's huge. So I'm like, I am making a difference. I want, I got to keep going. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes it's bigger than you, but at the same time, don't forget to nurture you along the way so you can continue to do it. And you know, Ken, you're right in the midst of it right now. You know, you're at that decision thing. And after this show, I'm going to send you a whole load of other shows I've done on people that have been through cancer and come out of it in natural way. That's the reason I do these shows is to share the knowledge. Um, you know, we learn from somebody else's journey. We get inspired by somebody else's journey. I mean, hearing what other people have to do to come through, it gives us the tools on how to come through it ourselves. So I'm going to send you that, which I'd like you to listen to and see if there's somebody there that can send you in a different direction. But although you're going through a very hard time right now, Ken, you know, you're still having the courage to speak with us here right now and to share it and not give up. You didn't cancel. And that is, you know, that is very, very positive in itself. Well, I, I know what works for me. <clears throat> what works for me is, first of all, is, is, you know, working with you, Sarah. You're so special. Uh, but also wanting to actually connect with Bobby in this modern way and tell him what I, how wonderful I thought he has been. And I, and I, I can imagine how many uh, vets you have saved and, and helped and, and just really probably you, you'll never know, ever. How many guys didn't pull the plug because of all what you went through, uh, and they couldn't, and they were facing the same, and they just didn't want to do it. It was too hard. Um, I find the the fact that uh, the book, interesting enough, putting it aside, I wrote it. Um, it's helped people because I've gotten a lot of emails. The doctors feel uh, it's the right advice positive thinking and laughing. Mm -hmm. uh, friends have contacted me saying they just, in the simplest way, you're inspiring me. You know, they don't have to say much more. Makes me feel very good that that's positive. Um, so I, I, I find I, ha I need to have that. Uh, probably, I, don't know, I don't know if I need to have that, but I kind of need to have that. Uh, a little assurance that I, that what I'm going through. I just finished my second book. I'm thinking of a third book. You know, we're trying to make a movie out of uh, uh, Bush Bobby. I think you're could be a fabulous movie made out of, of what you've been through to inspire people. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, absolutely. We're trying to make a movie out of my little book, uh, which is a human movie, a funny book about cancer. I mean. There isn't many funny books, funny movies about cancer. So, you know, we're working on it. Whether anything happens, you know, who knows? Well, it means you've uh, got to stick around. So that means you've got to keep fighting. And it means you've got to keep laughing, right? Because you've still got a purpose here. I want to watch my movie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and I think that's what gets us through the day. I have not been through any, what any of you two have been through. And I... I always, you know, have no idea whether I would have the courage or not. I've had my own days and my own journey. And I know sometimes it's 
darn hard to get through things. And, you know, for me, you know, watching something that lifts you up, that, you know, touches your heart, that lifts your spirit. And, of course, music is the thing for me that really gets me through things. And I think, you know, we, we get so caught up in the darkness and the seriousness, and then we realize that sometimes it is just the simplicity of just love, of laughter, of togetherness that gets us through things. And in the end, it doesn't matter what our story is. Everybody just wants to be able to have a good laugh and a good smile and connect with each other. What do you say to that, Bobby? I mean, look how brave you are with that funny accent. You go on and interview everybody. On <laughs> <laughs> you don't care. What are you saying no. about my accent? <laughs> Bobby, on that note, she's from Chicago. No, I'm not. <laughs> she, make, she makes it up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Keep talking. I, yeah, I could get all South African on you, you know. I speak South African to you too, so uh, tot ziens. <laughs> well, maybe she's from Brooklyn, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me hidden, hidden Brooklyn. I've been around, I've been around. Got a few, few dialects in there. Um, laughter is something that I think is, is so important. And uh, we've got to be able to laugh at each other. And we have to laugh at ourselves. And when somebody does laugh at you because you just did something silly or stupid or fun, don't take it as offensive. Laugh along with them, right? Yes, so true. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Oh, he was the greatest. Well, Larry David is my favorite. But Mel Brooks, his uh, signature statement about humor is be a silly as silly as you can be and make sure you think it makes you laugh he says i only write what makes me laugh and being silly and loud is what makes me laugh and that's how i produce my films i now, mean uh, what was the movie that you did was it silent movie where it, the nobody spoke yes. in it? there was a brilliant scene in there where he does the psycho scene in the shower but he does yes. it with newspaper and you see the newspaper print going down the water. I mean, just, he was so good at doing those kind of parodies and making you laugh. And, uh, you know, it, it is the best medicine. It truly is the best medicine. Well, his movie, The Producers, was so genius. Mm -hmm. Aside from humor, if you could think of, Bobby, think of what he, what he discovered. He discovered that if you make a, a show, Broadway show, and if it fails, you make more money than if it's a success. So I, th I think there's a few business people that right? have that on, right? I'm going to fail and write it off as a tax thing. <laughs> yeah. So you try to make the worst play ever, and it turned out to be funny, <laughs> and that's why they all went to jail because they now that it's making a profit, they had to show where the money went. But if it was a failure, nobody checks. Exactly. Yes. It was, I mean, just a genius mindset of understanding. Uh, well, that was, that's actually his life, is raising money for his films. But uh, those things cracked me up. You know, people just dealing with understanding your situation uh, uh, and uh, uh, repeat. Yeah, it's just a, just a pleasure. And again, something that makes me laugh and makes me feel good. I mean, I've seen uh, some of your comedy skits, uh, Bobby, and, you know, like, 
you you know running your fingers through your hair ha ha and you know anybody yeah. got a hand and things like this you, you're not at all afraid to kind of make fun of yourself um, but you don't do it in any way in a derogatory way or in a way that makes people pe feel comfortable I think your humor is one that makes people feel at ease uncomfortable with you and your situation yeah I have to step out and look at myself because I it took me three years when I got used to seeing who I was so I'm not as shocked anymore, but I got to think, okay, how do they visualize yeah. me? Yeah. How are they seeing me? What, what's going through their mind? So when I do a Freddy Krueger joke about being burnt, they're like, oh my God, I was thinking that, but I couldn't say it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's got to say that stuff that they're thinking. Yeah. You know, and I make fun of that I look like the guy from the Goonies. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's, you know, and again, you're not being derogatory there. It's just kind of you're owning it. Yes, your features have changed. You yeah. have, well, you have changed. You've probably become stronger and, uh, you know, kind of more profound in your yeah. own life. You know, more meaningful in your own life through this experience, right? So true. Definitely have. It's, it's been a true blessing that I've been able to do what I do. It's just, it's, it's amazing. I can't even understand it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, Ken, with you, I mean, you wouldn't write this book if it hadn't been for the things you've gone through, right? And this book that's having such an inspirational effect on other people. Well, I, <clears throat> hopefully it does. It was written in that, in that manner, in that purpose. To make people laugh who are going through you know, these various uh, challenges. Um, Bob, you know, if you get very, very successful, which you are, and you grow every day, people are going to want to buy images of you. And, and maybe Bobby Boleyn, you know. Uh, 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 the bubble dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look like Bobby Boleyn. Oh, I love you. Come on over. Yeah. <laughs> Have a puppy doll, you know, with the back of the car. Um, the head's on fire and it bobbling around. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, what, what is Bobby, the character? You can come up with a million products. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, you know that that again, there again, it's making it's making fun and making light of ourselves, which never, ever, ever, um, you know, undermines what you've actually gone through. Um, I think what it does do is shows the courage and the strength. Um, that you found in what you went through and you know what it's made you become today and I, I don't think we're given any of these challenges in life just to get through it we're given them to discover truly how awesome we are and how much we have within us and how much in sharing that we are an inspiration for other people so true yeah you don't think about that before but once you go through it you can look back and yeah and, and see all that for sure it's just that getting through it, you know, and, and it day by day. I went through all that to live this childhood dream and sit at a round table with a knight. It's happening. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Where would this happen before? <laughs> and you know, it, it doesn't matter what our story is. Again, our story is how you know how it is, whether we're in the thick of it or whether we've come through it. Um, it's the how we get through it. It's the how we choose to look at it. And yes, the days that you feel like pulling the plug, I can't do this. And it's just take a breath. Do whatever you need to do to nurture yourself through that day. Tomorrow will be better. As they say, the sun will come out tomorrow. And we've just got to believe that because that's what we're here for. We're not here to give up. We're here to get through and then to thrive and become something that becomes shows the light for others and how to get through. Yes. Which is really important. Um, Ken? 
Um, as I said, I'm going to send you some stuff which I want you to listen to and review because I think you're at the, another redirect in your life at the present moment of which way to go. And I'd like you to take some time out and just kind of listen to some other stories that will help you make up your mind. But again, keep that laughter, keep that, you know, put on a funny movie and get yourself through this because I believe that, you know, there is that movie for you to be made, uh, to make. And uh, it won't be made if you're not around. So you've got to stick around, man. And and uh, with you, Bobby, what's coming up next for you? Oh, I got a, a movie coming out tomorrow. Oh, bravo. Fantastic. What is the movie? <laughs> Sophie and the Rising Sun. I got a small part in it playing a burnt veteran from World War One, And it's coming out select theaters starting in LA, New York, starting tomorrow. And hopefully we'll grow from there to other theaters. So I'm excited all about that. So would you ever have thought that you would become an actor? No. I, you know, it's something I always looked and admired actors, comedians, but never thought I'd be there. I mean, of course, I always played around and clowned around and pretended to be somebody else anyways. But mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it was, no, I was really surprised when I got the part and I was excited and now it's uh, starting to come out. And it can open up to a lot more roles and a lot more journey, which is fantastic. Yes, and then the more roles and stuff I'm out there, the more I'm help, hopefully helping other burn survivors to see it's okay to have these scars and you can keep living. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, the other, I think, important message is to understand that you may have scars, but that doesn't make you any lef less of a person. Uh, you're not defined by the scars. You know, you're defined by your character and your actions. And uh, as a society, people sometimes can't get beyond the visual. And we're asking people to look more than skin deep. Yes, definitely. And Ken, what have you got going now other than the survival, the mere survival? <laughs> well, again, as I mentioned, I just finished a, a second book, and it's called No Regrets. Tonica Change, and basically it's living life with as minimal amount of regrets as possible. And, I, and the, the book is a series of incidents in my life where I had the option of saying no and then maybe having a regret or just doing it. And uh, probably 90% of the time, I just do it. That's who I am. Uh, and so it's a series of basically funny travel incidents kind of all over the world. Thank God, not Iraq, um, uh, where I was, I was, uh, uh, an interesting situation arise <clears throat> uh, through either a business trip uh, to one of my clients who might be in a remote place in the Caribbean, or uh, just trips my wife and I took to uh, jungles all over the place, mostly South America, uh, and just funny incidents. You know, we went to one jungle village that was was called a non-Christian village, and the chief wanted to buy my wife. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, of course. So, How much? <laughs> I, I, well, I told them what I wanted. I pointed like four little girls, you know, a hut, a canoe, you know, <laughs> all kinds of silly shit, you know, and something. Uh, he got hysterical. I got hysterical. And uh, it was just that moment in life mm -hmm. that you create. Uh, and I, and I, I talk about incidents in maybe 20 places that we went through, something like that, you know, you know, uh, that made us crack up 
but more importantly, or as importantly, um, was that it made the people where we were laugh with an American nut job that <laughs> was pointing out funny things, you know. Just realize no matter where you're at, you're living in a village in a hut, you're living in a city somewhere else in the world, we're all human, we all laugh and enjoy life and we're, so, we're all the same, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Stories. The fundamental core, we're all the same and, and you know, everybody needs a good laugh, yes. you know, and I think that, you know, many, many a time, I think just, um, you know how laughter is contagious? Uh, they did, you know, they did a wonderful skit of somebody being on a a sky train uh, or a bus or something, and they just started laughing, and then people started laughing at the person laughing, and then people started laughing at the other people laughing, and the next thing you know, everybody's laughing. Nobody knew what they were laughing about. Right. <laughs> but you know, that's the medicine. Everybody went away with ah, feeling good, and that's what laughter does. It's really important to do. So, some closing words from you, please, gentlemen. Ken, how about you? Uh, uh, send us off with some closing words and also your site and how people can find you. <clears throat> well, I have a website called uh, entercrying.com um, or entercryingexalaughing.com, uh, which gives a little bio about myself. Um, and that's kind of where uh, is the best place to reach me. Um, I have an email address. I don't know if you allow that on the, on yes, the show. Yes, of course. Yes. If I, yeah, I don't mind that. It's a KIM global, G L O B A L, at AOL.com. KIM is my initials, kind of like So it's KIM uh, global, G L O B A L, at AOL.com. Excellent. And some closing parting words for us? Yeah, I just want to say uh, also uh, for Ken and everybody else out there, um, a good laugh. I did a documentary with four other wounded veterans called Comedy Warriors. Um, <laughs> just go to ComedyWarriors.com. You know, it was on Showtime Netflix, but now I think you can download it for like three, three bucks, two bucks, something like that. And it just really, it, it has so many other stories in it besides mine and, and wounded vets learning how to do comedy. And I, it's a great uplifter for anybody that needs that. Um, and to say it was an honor to be here at the round table with a knight named Kim. <laughs> Thank you. Sarah, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And guys, don't forget to check out bravo748.com and you can see what's going on, where I'm going next, and read more of my story and a lot of other stories of all the speakers that we have out there trying to inspire the world. And uh, hopefully, just everybody keep laughing and inspiring and do what you can with what you have and where you're at. Wonderful. And uh, you'll, um, on this posting right here, you will see um, uh, Kim's at the show on Wise Health with uh, Suman Nathan and uh, Bill Mackey. And uh, you'll see Bobby's show uh, that he did with me, uh, which was more in-depth on his story and his journey, uh, leading him into being a, a, a comedian. I thank you both for coming on and kind of bearing your souls and sharing your pain and sharing your joy and how we can find laughter as healing. Um, you know, I know not always so easy to do that, but uh, you know, it's something that's really everybody needs to hear because we all are looking at how do we get through it. And when you hear somebody else has got through it through laughter, 
you know, despite the darkness, um, embraced the light and chose laughter as a way to get through it. It gives somebody that wonderful, awesome tool that they can apply to their own lives and get through their own particular journeys. So thank you, Ken, and thank you, Bobby, for coming and sharing your stories with me to here today and with all my listeners. Thank you. Pleasure well, being here. Thank you, Rosera. And so everybody out there, remember, you know, just, yes, you've got the bad days, but remember a good laugh, a good cry, good people around you, and always believing that there is going to be a better day will get you through it. And I wish all of you blessings. Bye for now. <laughs>